Welcome, dear friends, to the Taviren, a Wheel of Time podcast hosted by three gentlemen for whom the very wheel itself bends around. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Bill, Rob, and Rich. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Taviren, a Wheel of Time podcast. My name is Rob, and for the third consecutive week, I will be running this pod solo. Bill is still on fraternity leave, and contrary to popular opinion, I have not killed Rich and buried him in my backyard. <laughs> this week, he is having uh, weather issues, weather slash work issues. We don't want to miss any weeks. We'd like to be able to pound these out at least once a week, so we are definitely going to go forward and have a podcast this week. Instead of doubling up, we are simply going to just go over Chapter 36, uh, entitled Web of the Pattern. It is one of the smaller chapters, so I probably won't be taking up too much of your time today. I mentioned I wanted to make sure that we're still constantly doing this every week to give you guys the content that you so deserve for this great, great story. Rich will be back, hopefully better than ever, uh, as soon as possible. Bill, uh, once again, we're still on Baby Watch, so as soon as we have more information on that, I will pass it on to you guys. Without further ado, it's been a while since we've got our last iTunes uh, or Apple Podcast review, which is perfectly fine. We've been sitting at 19 reviews for a couple months now. We've had some really good com- uh, really good comments on YouTube, and some good numbers pop up on YouTube as far as videos being watched and subscribers joining on. I'm just happy with everything that, that we get, positive or negative or neutral. I welcome all forms of critique and on any platform you wish. Wheel of Time news, not a lot of news coming out this week. Once again, we're kind of in between casting casting announcements. Uh, most likely we're going to get a, a few female, female co-star supporting actress casting announcements in the coming weeks ahead. But this week was uh, the hashtag Twitter of time. Everybody took turns reading the opening paragraph, which was just a great, I thought was just an incredibly great community activity for, for anyone involved. And, and yours truly, myself, I, I lent my voice as well. The movement, if, if those that don't know about it, people are videotaping or, or you know streaming themselves, reading the book, the first paragraph of the first book. An Empty Road chapter, and of course, Jordan's iconic opening paragraph. If you follow us on Twitter at TaviranPod, you will hear my version. Uh, I used my narrator voice. I didn't use my speaking voice. So many different versions in so many different languages. And I think the audio, the audiobook narrators also lent their voice to this community activity as well. Absolute joy to read all of these versions even if I don't know Czech or I don't know Italian or if I don't know whatever other languages these are being read in, I've listened to all of these multiple times. And I recommend you do the same. If, if you don't follow hashtag Twitter of time, you should. It, it is just an incredible community with all things Wheel of Time. So we are in Camelin. We have made it to the big city, Matt and Rand are set up at the Queen's Blessing with with Master Basil Gill. And we are opening up Chapter 36, Web of the Pattern. So this chapter kind of continues where the other one left off. The boys are talking with Basil Gill, and they're trying to plot out 
what to do now. Uh, they made it to the city. They made it to the inn that Tom recommended, and, and they've gotten a little bit of a safe haven, and now they're trying to see what they can do. So my first note here says, Matt and Rand continue their conversation with Basil in, back in the kitchen. Rand gives a very high-level re recount of the events, leaving out some of the more darker points. They know they're being chased. A lot of bad people are after them. They don't know why. I think he kept Kevin's and Trollocs out of it as to not scare off Basil Gill. They, they know if they're in a safe haven, but they don't know how much they can push or how much information they can give this guy. So they kept it on kind of a high-level bullet point kind of recounting of tales. As Rand had earlier thought to himself, he heard that the queen in the court of Camelin has an Aes Sedai advisor. And he asked point blank to, to Master Gill, so I've been hearing a lot about this Elida, Elida Sedai, the queen's advisor. Should we go to her? Could she help us out too? Basil immediately, he shuts that down. He's like, no, uh, no. Uh, he also recommends that the boys, for lack of a better uh, option, don't mention Tom's name at all. It's one thing, you can say it to me, Tom and I have history, we go back to school, I got you. But if you go out onto the floor or onto the street or, or God forbid, somewhere within earshot of a Queen's guard and drop Tom Marilyn's name, that will make it back to Queen Morghese. And from what we've learned about Queen Morghese is she can hold a grudge. It's best off. You know what? Don't worry about the eyes to die. She's red. Let's, you know, we don't know the reasoning behind the colors of the Aja yet, except that we're told that Elida may not be in the same alignment as Mari. I mean, that's not the best word. I think it was this chapter where where Basil says, or or someone alludes to the fact that, you know, there are different factions known as Ajas. They all want the same thing in the end, but go about it in totally different ways. So what Moraine might think be the best route, best course of action, Elida may not. And then he takes that and continues on to say, you know what? It'd probably be just better off if you don't mention Tom at all. Do yourselves a favor. Don't say his name. So in passing, you know, one of the things that Basil mentions as he he, as they're in the kitchen, he's getting heralded by the by the cook. He needs you need to talk here. I need she, the cook needs to talk to him. And you know that fine, fine. I'll be here in a minute. Just don't worry about. It. I'll be with you in a minute. And he lets it drop to the boys that there's been a, a overrun of a population of rats in the city. And he kind of shirks it off to increase population, more people, more rats. It's what you get. It's what we got to do. Like I think it's funny that in the, in this story in this town, cats are an actual commodity to have. For their ability to 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 siphon the the rat count in your inn, I thought that was like a funny little touch that that Jordan puts on. The boys aren't really feeling that, or at least Rand isn't, because as we could recount, one of his first Alzamon dreams involved a rat. It's known that rats are could be potentially some of the dark ones' minions, his ears and eyes. So at the thought of this town being overrun by rats, Rand is immediately like, his internal thought was. Oh, shit. Now I got to worry about rats on top of ravens, on top of dark friends, on top of Kevins and Trollocs and all this other stuff. Now I got to worry about the rats. You know, once this little thing about the rats is over, Basil gets finally pulled off by the cook and he leaves the two boys alone to eat their dinner. Matt must have been thinking the same thing as Rand because he starts to slip into that dark place again. He, he starts to accuse Rand of just saying this is a hopeless situation 
hopeless one-sided journey. As I mentioned in the last episode, all they knew about was get to Camelin, get to Camelin, get to Camelin, and things will just work. Well, now they're in Camelin. Rand is trying to sell Matt on get to Tarvalon, get to Tarvalon, get to Tarvalon, and Matt's not having it. He's, like I said, he's slipping into a dark place. This time, Rand is having a little more of a trouble of getting him to snap out of it. So basically what happens is after they eat, they get shown up to their rooms. I guess on the way to their rooms, we get another one of those wishing they were players. Because I guess Rand was saying that the uh, serving lady that was taking him up to the rooms kept kept turning around and giving him a, a smile and a, and, a, and a kind of a come hither kind of vibe. And, I, I, don't, well, I don't know what to do. With What's that about? I don't know what to do with that. God, I wish I, I wish Perrin was here. He could tell me what to do. Think I'm think back to Parrot and the Tinker Dancers and almost almost the identical kind of reaction of uncomfortableness and boyish charm that they don't realize is 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 making themselves more attractive. They don't know how to stop it and they wouldn't know what to do if they could. They make it to their room. Matt just flat out just goes <clears throat> falls on the bed, rolls away from Rand, and basically puts up the the leave me alone vibe. And Rand's like, I can't, I can't. I'm tired. I get what you're saying, Matt, but I just can't sit here and sulk. I'm going downstairs. I'm going to see what's happening. Sleep it out, and we'll, we'll talk later. So Rand heads back down. He asks, is there anywhere else besides the main common room where he can go and kind of be with his thoughts and, and be, be to himself? And the serving lady says, yeah, sure, the library's right down the hall here. You know, Go there and, and, and kick back. Once again, uh, the, the, the country bumpkinness of the Evans Fielders comes out when Rand walks into their library, which is basically just like a library you would see in a, in a, in a nice house with walls of books. And wow, look at all the books. There must be like a million of them kind of vibe. And it's once again, to him, a library might be like a few books on a wall, maybe a, maybe a couple hundred. But wow, the walls are lined with them. Gee, Willikers has a lot of books. Anyway, while he was uh, standing there staring at all the books, he hears someone in the background. Hello, can I help you? And he turns and meets Trollic. No, not Trollic. He meets Loyal. Not knowing exactly what a Loyal is, he turns, and like Jordan mentions, Rain's not used to having to look up, so he immediately starts to look down at people. And he starts to look up, spin up, spin up. I'm actually looking up too, as you can see this in podcast land. I'm actually not looking up on my ceiling. <laughs> that Loyal almost touched the 10-foot ceiling. Immediately, Rand fell down, you know, trying to grab for his sword, and he falls down in a, just a big lump of awkwardness. Loyal is not upset, kind of understands where Rand is coming from, and he gives, and he starts to tell me, you know, it's, it's been like that since he's been here. He understands that his appearance in town may have startled people, but he's not a Trolloc, and he doesn't know why people think he's a Trolloc. He has been like this for four days. He was luckily able to get lodgings with Master Gill here at the Queen's Blessing, but after the first night in the common room, Master Gill asked him if he could, asked him politely if he could just relegate himself to either his room or the library, because he's kind of startling, startling the customers. Ah, poor Loyal. Never understood. Never understood. As we find out, Loyal is an Ogier who is 90 years young. Rand kind of capitulates that in Ogier years, he's probably about Rand's age 
in temperament. So a 90-year Ogier would equate to about a 17, 18-year-old human. So these are two kind of young men on town. Loyal said he had left the studying to go see the gold groves in the world. It was not the elders idea. Um, he mentioned he averted to that he was 10 years away from being able to talk to the stump. That is another plot device that we'll get to in later books. But we get the feeling that Loyal, even though he to Rand, is very reserved, very docile, uh, outside of his physical appearance, not non-threatening person to speak with and talk to. But in his world of the Ogiers, he is a teenager who is like a teenager's in 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 the current world. You're very gotta do it now, gotta do it now, I gotta see it now, why now, 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 now. He wants to go out and see all the groves in the world, all the OG or groves in the world. They weren't happy about it, but he left anyway, because he was, you know, very erratic, very rash behaving OG. Loyal was disappointed to find out that most of the groves have either been destroyed, built over, or fenced in. Uh, I think he said the one at Tarvalon has been fenced in. I think there was another country I'm blanking on which one, but it had been sectioned off and is used for the king's personal hunting grounds. The groves in Camelin, I think, were built over. He he's been commenting that humans are so erratic, and when compared to an Ogier, yes. And he capitulates that it might be because of their young lifespan or their shorter lifespan that they have a need to get things done quicker and to an Ogier just much more rash. When Rand introduced himself and he said, I'm from the Two Rivers. Will's like, hmm, Two Rivers. Evans feels, I've, ne I've never heard of those. Where, where, where are those places located? Then Rand realizes that who he was talking to and he said, oh, oh, you may know of it as Menetherin? And then immediately did, did Loyal say, ah, you're from Menetherin. Many a good person hails from Menetherin. You know, good, good on you, mate. Good, good, Good to meet someone from Manetherin. Rand says he's from Manetherin. Loyal says something to the effect of, "Huh, Manetherin? Huh? I thought I would. I would have thought you were an Isleman." To which Rand's reaction was like, "What? Huh? I'm not an Isleman. Why would you think I'm an Isleman? I don't even know what they look like. Why would I think I'm? I'm born and raised Evans Manetherin. Isleman?" <laughs> You're crazy. I don't even know what you're talking about, man. Once, As I mentioned before, these two are same maturity-wise. 90-year-old Ogier, 18-year-old human. They're both in that same late teenager type of uh, maturity level. So Rand kind of finds himself very comfortable in talking with the Ogier. And as we find out, Ogiers are absolute master-level listeners and will listen and take in everything you say process them slowly and deliberately and, and give you their thoughts very, very, um, may not be quickly, but it will definitely, they will have listened to everything you say and weighed all options. Rand finds himself just telling him about everything, their entire, their entire journey since the day uh, just before bell time with the original Trollic raid on the outdoor farm. Now, earlier in this chapter, they had given a recount to Master Gill Master Gill knows 
that they came from they're being chased by evil people, but they even to Master Gill, they stayed away from the very severe story points about actual Trollocs and, and Fades. But with Loyal, Rand just lets it all go. And it is extremely therapeutic for him. He, he's able to just bury his souls like, I just needed to let this off and just tell someone what we've been dealing with. From Kevin's to Trollocs to Shadar Logoth to the um, Drakars to Piters and Hulgodes and all that kind of any skin keepers and, and random lightning that wasn't random and the Lady Assassin, everything. And it just is like, ah, it's so good to get that off my chest. As, as mentioned, Loyal takes it all in and replies back to Rand with simply one word. Taviren. Taviren? What's a Taviren? Loyal is actually proud of himself for recognizing this and feels that he is honored to be in the presence of someone with such a rare gift. Let me read to you the passage from the book. This is not the readings with Rob. I'm gonna, I have another section for that. But I'm just going to quickly read to you our first accounting of what Taviren is. Loyal simply tells him Taviren, and Rand's like, what? This is what Loyal has to say. He goes, you see, the wheel of time weaves the pattern of ages, and the threads it uses are lives. It is not fixed to the pattern, not always. If a man tries to change the direction of his life, and the pattern has room for it, the wheel just weaves on and takes it in. There is always room for small changes, but sometimes the pattern simply won't accept a big change, no matter how hard you try. Sometimes the change chooses you, or the wheel chooses it for you. And sometimes the wheel bends a life thread or several threads in such a way that surrounding threads are forced to swirl around it. And those force other threads and those still others and on and on. That first bending to make the web, that is Taviren. And there is nothing you can do to change it. Not until the pattern itself changes. That's a direct quote from the book. So as we find out, you know, the wheel of time, the wheel is weaving out the threads that is everybody's lives and everybody's going their own separate ways and crisscrossing paths and all that. But now we learn that there is this power, this X factor that you may or may not know you have, but what it does is let you just kind of plow through the pattern as, the, as you see fit, not knowing that you're affecting all the making the ripples in the weave that you are. Royal hears... Rand's account so far, which, you know, in the grand scheme of the grand story is basically just half a book of a 14-book epic, and is already able to say, dude, you're Taviren. You rock. You don't even, you don't even know how much you rock yet. Upon announcing that you're Taviren, Rand, you're Taviren, I think I'm going to join up with you. I will accompany you on your way to Tarvalon. They have a grove there. I'd like to see it. You're Taviren. This is a once-in-a-generational event, and I want to see what happens next. Rand has his concerns about Loyal joining up. As similar to how similar to how Perrin felt when Egwin and him were hanging out with the Tinkers, and every minute that they were with the Tinkers was another minute that Dark Friends could just descend and decimate the entire camp. Rand is also now concerned for his newfound friend's safety. He's like, I'm sorry, dude. I, I'd love to have you along. I, you and I could talk. We got a thing there. 
but it would not be safe, and I don't want you to be in harm's way. I appreciate it, but I'm going to have to pass. Loyal understands, and the chapter ends with him simply saying, well, then, could you do me one favor? Could you just spend time with me? Maybe play some stones. We could read the book together, hang out. It'd be nice to have someone to talk to. That's about where our chapter ends. As mentioned, we were going to do a double up. We were going to, I'm going to include, I was going to include uh, chapter 37 called The Long Chase. The perspective shifts to uh, Lan and Maureen and Nynaeve. Like I said, I don't want to jump ahead too far doing these solos. So I am going to be doing this one just on chapter 36. Like I said, we get introduced to one of our most beloved characters in the book. Ironically, Loyal was not interrupted, so I did not have any interruptings of Loyal counters. We did have the one wanting to be a player where Rand wished he was as good with women as Perrin was. But definitely more good stuff coming from Camelin. That will take us into Readings with Rob. And we take our, of course I'm going to take our introduction to, to Mr. Ogier himself. And now... The Taviren present to you Readings with Rob. Chapter 36, Web of the Pattern. A throat cleared behind him, and he suddenly realized he was not alone. Ready to apologize for his rudeness, he turned. He was used to being taller than almost everyone he met, but this time his eyes traveled up and up and up, and his mouth fell open. Then he came to the head, almost reaching the ten-foot ceiling. A nose as broad as the face, so wide it was more a snout than a nose. Eyebrows that hung down like tails, framing pale eyes as big as teacups. Ears that poked up to tuft points through a shaggy black mane. Trollic! He let out a yell and tried to back up and draw his sword. His feet got tangled, and he sat down hard. Instead, I wish you humans wouldn't do that, rumbled a voice as deep as a drum. The tuft ears twitched violently, and the voice became sad. So few of you remember us. It's our own fault, I suppose. Not many of us have gone out among men since the shadow fell on the ways. That's... Oh, six generations now. Right after the War of the Hundred Years, it was. The shaggy head shook and let out a sigh that would have done credit to a bull. Too long, too long, and so few travel and see. It might as well have been none. Rand sat there for a minute with his mouth hanging open staring up at the apparition in wide-toed, knee-high boots and a dark blue coat that buttoned from neck to waist, then flared out to his boot tops like a kilt over baggy trousers. In one hand was a book, seeming tiny by comparison, with a finger broad enough for three marking the place. Uh, I thought you were... He began, then caught himself. What up? <sighs> that was not any better. Getting to his feet, he gingerly offered his hand. My name is Rand Althor. A hand as big as a ham engulfed his, and it was accompanied by a formal bow. Loyal, 
son of Arendt, son of Halad. Your name sings in my ears, Rand Alfor. That sounded like a ritual greeting to Rand, and he returned the bow. Your name sings in my ears, loyal son of Arit, uh, uh, son of Halan. It was all a little unreal. He still did not know what loyal was. A grip of loyal's huge fingers was surprisingly gentle, but he was still relieved to get his hand back in one piece. You humans are very excitable, loyal said in that bass rumble. I had heard all the stories. And read the books, of course, but I didn't realize. My first day in Camelin, I could not believe the uproar. Children cried, and women screamed, and a mob chased me all the way across the city, waving clubs and knives and torches, and shouting, Trollic! I'm afraid I was almost beginning to get a little upset. There's no telling what would have happened if a party of the Queen's Guard hadn't come along. A lucky thing, Ran said flatly. Yes, but even the guardsmen seemed almost as afraid of me as the others. Four days in Cable now and I haven't been able to put my nose outside this inn. Good Master Gill even asked me not to use the common room. His ears twitched. Not that he hasn't been very hospitable, you understand. But there was a bit of trouble that first night. All the humans seemed to want to leave at once. Such screaming and shouting everyone trying to get through the door at the same time. Some of them could have been hurt. Ram stared in fascination at those twitching ears. I'll tell you, it was not for this I left the steading. Uh, you're an Ogier! Rand exclaimed. Wait, six generations? You said the War of the Hundred Years. How old are you? He knew it was rude as soon as he said it, but Loyal became defensive rather than offended. Ninety years. The Ogier said stiffly, In only ten more, I'll be able to address the stump. I think the elders should have let me speak, since they were deciding whether I could leave or not but then they always worry about anyone of any age going outside. You humans are so hasty, so erratic. He blinked and gave a short bow. Please forgive me. I shouldn't have said that. But you do fight all the time, even when there's no need to. That was Readings with Rob. If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at TavirenPod with your request. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, that was one of our one of the more longer passages I took. I tried to make my voice as deep rumbling as I could. Uh, my throat is doing okay, if you're concerned. Thank you very much for the concerns. 
<laughs> and of course, I try to make him talk more deliberate and slowly, so that's why that passage was a little bit longer. Upon release of this, next week is going to be Christmas week or holiday week. I will try to have some content out. I have an idea for something I want to do for that week. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say unofficially, it'll probably be two weeks until we get to chapter 37. Without further ado, I am going to wish everybody the happiest of holidays. I wish Bill the happiest of holidays as well with his potential plus one to the family, we can hope. And Richard, I hope it didn't snow too much where you are, but it sounds like you may have a white Christmas, so rock on with that. I think I'm I think I'm gonna end. I think but we're gonna what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna play stones with the OGR. Let's let's do some stones or snakes and foxes. Is that the game? Snakes and foxes? We'll play snakes and foxes with Lil. Everybody, I will talk to you next time. Later. Now that our heroic trio have left the familiar confines of the two rivers, they find themselves being chased by all sorts of denizens of the Dark One. Our party has been scattered, and the boys separated from Marvrain and Lan. Let us hope that luck, or some other force, can keep them safe. Uh, Bill? Bill? Billiam! Put that dagger down! You have no idea where in creation that's been! No, no, Rich. I don't have an extra cloak with me. Maybe if you didn't ride your horse straight into the Aranel, you wouldn't have this problem, hmm? For crying out loud, Robert, I know that girl from Berlon said weird things to you, but you shouldn't let it get under your skin so much. What are you, Eleven? You all remind me of a younger version of myself. Why, back in Watch Hill, I would... friends, this is Troidal Power, host of the Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power, a podcast where I, your host, Troidal Power, play through games in a powerful way. And I'm inviting you to listen to Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power, a podcast where I, your host, Troidal Power, play through games in a powerful way. You can find it and a lot of other weird shows at probablywork.com. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. <laughs>